Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod. And today I am interviewing the one and only Ruby Fremon, author of the new book, Potent Leadership. Look, we all struggle with being ourselves in a world, a society, a culture that wants us to be something else. We have been taught, trained, and programmed to show up in a certain way in order to be liked and loved by others. And we bring that into our businesses and into our leadership. But leadership isn't about pleasing It is about leading. And in today's online culture, it's easy to confuse influencers with leaders, chase the followers, the likes, the superficial success. But while influencers paint a pretty picture, real leaders pave a path. Ruby Fremon is the author of, again, this new book, Potent Leadership. She's someone that I see frequently at Sun Life Organics. We get smoothies together. I see her at the farmer's market. She lives not too far away from me and actually just sat down with her a week or two ago at her house to be on her podcast. And this all started because I reached out to ask her to be on my podcast. I follow her on social media and I really appreciate how she leads with integrity and authenticity. And it was literally one of her social media posts, which we'll talk about today, that caused me to text her and say, Ruby, you got to come on the podcast. And she goes, I've been waiting for you to ask me for so long. So really, really my pleasure to introduce you to Ruby and her new book, Potent Leadership, and the ideas that she has about the difference between an influencer and a leader, and actually someone who is really leading from that place of authenticity and integrity. And if you remember, probably two months ago, a month or two ago, I did an episode on the world needs you to lead. And this is really, you could say, a follow-up to that episode, because that episode is really about how every person, every one of us is a leader because we influence other people, whether that's our family or our friends, even ourselves and the world beyond. Before we dive into today's conversation with Ruby, I want to take just a minute or two to thank our two sponsors. First and foremost, Organifi. Organifi makes some of the highest quality whole food, organic supplements made from real whole foods, not synthetic vitamins that you find in a lab. And I personally won't take those synthetic vitamins. I always vet out the ingredients on every product that I take. And that's why I've taken Organifi for roughly seven or eight years now. If you want protein powder, if you want a green juice or a red juice, I just took the red juice like 20 minutes ago. I take it every afternoon with a little green tea. It's like my pick-me-up in the afternoon. Head over to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash Hal. And then use the discount code Hal, H-A-L, to get 20% off your order as a listener of this podcast. So one more time, Organifi.com forward slash Hal, and then use the discount code H-A-L to get 20% off. And then last but not least, our other sponsor Cured Nutrition and Cured Nutrition makes a variety of products. What makes them different from Organifi is that they infuse CBD in almost all of their products. And I've told you for me personally, I take their Rise product in the morning. 
It's a nootropic. I take their Aura product after my smoothie, which helps with gut health and immunity. And then before bed, probably my favorite of their products are their nighttime oil, or if you want that portable, their cured night caps. So I usually take the nighttime oil, which is CBN and CBD oil at home, but then I don't travel with it because I don't want the airport to like take out the liquid out of my bag and throw it away. So I take the night caps, which are cute little gel caps that you could put in your bag and take with you when you're on the road. By the way, I gave... Oh, I should have the text in front of me. I can paraphrase it. I gave the nighttime oil to Tiffany, my COO, who I've been with working with for eight years. Last time she was at my house and she texted me, I think there was an expletive in there. She's like, oh my gosh, this friggin' oil, whatever, Like, I'm sleeping better than I ever have. Thank you so much. So really makes me happy as somebody that suffered from sleep issues to be able to share a supplement, a product, a routine, anything that can help you sleep better. So if you want to sleep better or you want that morning nootropic for focus or you want that product for gut health that I take after my smoothie, and there's a bunch more products, curednutrition.com forward slash Hal. And then same thing, same code, H-A-L for 20% off your entire order. All right, without further ado, let us talk about how to tap into your potency to become the potent leader that the world needs you to be with my good friend, Ruby Fremont. Ruby, it's good to see you again. Hey, Hal. It's good to be here. Yeah. It's been just a few days since I was with you at your home, in your space, with your husband, Kevin, and uh, you and I got to have a great conversation for your podcast, Mm -hmm. The Potent Truth, right? Is that Potent Truth or is it The Potent Truth? Potent Truth. Potent truth. Awesome. And today we're talking about your new book, which if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm holding it up. It is a gorgeous cover. I was just complimenting you before we started recording on the interior. I was like, who did your interior layout and design? I'm like, it's gorgeous. And you're like, <laughs> I had a lot so of influence, much. but Kevin helped. Yeah, your husband helped a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I want to start here. We've known each other for many, many years and we run into each other. Literally, it's funny. We both live like 20 minutes away from each other. And we go to this place called Sun Life Organics. And uh, you know, I, I see you and Kevin there like all the time. And so what got me though to reach out to you, I had not read your book yet. I had seen your book actually at Sun Life, which it's up on the shelves. And I was like, oh, Ruby's got her book out. That's so awesome. You know, I was really excited to see it. And but I've been following you on social media. So I actually get the most value from your content until now that I'm reading the book, but it's been on social media. And I've been so proud of you, so inspired by you and how you've led these last couple of years through this really divisive time where people are really afraid to speak their truth because they're going to offend other people. They're going to get canceled or demon, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I just want to acknowledge you for how you've been showing up as a potent leader, honestly, as a potent leader on you've been practicing what you teach in the book in the way you lead on social media and of course, behind the scenes in other ways. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for recognizing that, acknowledging that it's been what a time to be alive. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask, (laughs) let me ask you, and where are you most, I follow you on Instagram primarily. That's where I read your stuff. Is that where you're most active? That's where I'm most active. Yeah. What's your handle on Instagram? So everybody listening can follow you. I am Ruby. I-A-M-R-U-B-Y. Correct. I am Ruby. That's simple. I like that. Yeah. Um, I should do I am Hal. I'm going to change mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So 
there was a specific post that you put up and that's what actually, and then I reached out. I'm like, Ruby, I got to have you on the podcast. Like, I'm just so inspired. It was, it was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back, but in a good way, you know, I'm like, okay, like I've been stalking Ruby's Instagram for a while. I know she's got the new book out. I'm going to order the book. I started listening to it on Audible, which you read, which was awesome, by the way, hearing your voice. I think one of the biggest problems right now is that human beings were so divided. And I, that's not news. I'm not saying something that we're not aware of. But I think we've lost sight of our shared humanity collectively. Many of us have. And you know, we see that as people are calling other people out and shaming them for having different beliefs. You're stupid. You're an idiot. I can't believe you can't see this. I can't believe you voted for him. I, right? I mean, there's just all this just hate. And for me, that's been my message. I've tried to go, dude, we're all brothers and sisters. We all have far more in common than we will ever have different. We're human beings doing this thing called life, trying to be happy and healthy and, and get along and take care of it, you know? And so... And I think you and I both have a, not a theory, but I mean, we see who's dividing us, right? It's, mm -hmm. there, it's very much governments and, you know, there are politicians that are really actively dividing us. You think about that, like, what's a good leader do? They don't divide the people they lead. They, they, they bring them together, right? They bring the, so you posted something, you talked about the difference between calling people out and calling people in. Mm -hmm. And what you said really touched me. And so I'd love if you could talk about the difference between calling someone out that might have differing beliefs and calling someone in. Yeah, the, the easiest way for me to explain this is calling people out is the shaming, the blaming, the pointing the finger, which we're seeing a lot of the canceling. Mm. Whereas calling people in is calling people into a conversation, into a space where we can actually see the human in each other. Mm. It's been a wild few years and I have, you know, I was really loud at the beginning, but there were certain things, certain lines that I didn't cross. Mm. Like I didn't want to call names to anyone. All I wanted, like just personally for myself, was the ability to be able to have a conversation without being shot down. Mm. And now over the past couple of years, it's gotten even worse. Mm. Now the polarization is literally having people's accounts removed online and, and removing their voices from every platform. It's getting people fired. And that is the calling people out mentality. It's bullying. It's the same energetic frequency. But when you call people in, you're calling them in from a place of responsivity versus reactivity. Mm. And that's the biggest difference. Most people right now are reacting to everything because they're having a triggered response and they're reacting from that response versus taking that triggered response, getting curious about their own triggers, waiting until they can get to a calm, collected, responsive state where they can actually respond to something. Mm. And that is what I see as the biggest issue. And of course, yes, there are people who are controlling this division because, of course, divide and conquer, yeah. right? A collective that is divided is much easier to conquer. Why not just have them blame each other? But we all essentially want the same damn thing. And if people yeah. can just take a step back, despite the differences, and just look at the basic human needs of what we all desire, that's where we can recreate or reconnect to the humanity. Yeah. Yeah, well said. So... How does some let, let's talk about that in action? So mm -hmm. if you see somebody on social media, and so much of it happens on social media, right? That's like our oh God, yeah. 
right? That That's our new town hall or our new coffee shop mm-hmm. or whatever, right? But if somebody sees somebody, and I, I think you kind of address this in terms of you get triggered, right? What might somebody, like, let's actually give somebody a script, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what might somebody say if they're engaging on social media and also in person, right? Let's say you're, you know, you got family over, right? The in-laws are over and, you know, your, your in-law says something that's like a, a very heated divisive statement or, or divisive in that like, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they think that this, oh, it just boils my blood when they say that or that they believe that. How might we respond? Well, what's a way, is, yeah. it, is it with a question? Is it with an invitation? Is it with an observation? Like how might you respond to somebody, whether it's in person or on social media? And are those different? Maybe is there a nuance yes. there? There is a difference between okay. in-person and social media. And so let's start with social media because when you're behind a screen, people mm. are very brave behind the screen. Yeah. Right? It almost like it dehumanizes people. So it's easier to bully people behind a screen because it dehumanizes. You don't feel like you're actually talking to a human being. You don't have the energetic resonance, the heart resonance with this person as if they were in front of you. And so if you notice yourself reading something or noticing someone's commenting on, on your post and you feel triggered, your heart starts racing, your blood starts flowing, you start to feel like anxious in your chest and you just want to like pounce on them, put the phone down. Mm. Just put the goddamn phone down. <laughs> like just put it down, turn it off and breathe and get curious about the trigger. Because if it happens on a phone, if it happens online, you have the grace to take a moment. Yeah. But we've now become this like instant noodle society where we think we have to get to everything right away. Yeah. When, you know, you and I were our children of the, I'm hoping I'm saying this right, children of the 80s. <laughs> um, and like we didn't have cell phones and pagers and, and stuff. We had sure. to wait until we got home to listen to the answering machine. So why do we feel like we have to respond to everything so quickly? So put the phone down. And it is funny, like the emotional trigger literally triggers someone's thumbs to just start moving on the phone, right? Right. So that's why it's like, just drop the phone or close your laptop, walk away and get curious with what it is that you're feeling. Because it's not that someone did something to you. It's Mm. whatever they said actually triggered a wound within you. And that's what you get to get curious about. If this happens in person, you don't necessarily have the same grace to just like drop and walk away, especially if it's a family member at a dinner party. But you can notice in that moment, huh, I'm feeling triggered. And when you notice that, again, the heart racing, the palpitations, maybe you get a little warm, maybe you feel immediately the the fight response going into action. Again, just take a deep breath and let that be the version of dropping the phone. And get curious about maybe what they said and where that's coming from. I think that when we start to get curious about why people say the things that they say or why we say the things that we say, it helps you reconnect to the human behind the words. Mm. Mm. That's a great point. I want to hear your thoughts on... So there's a take for me that's been really helpful for this, uh, kind of a philosophy, which is if I had lived that person's life, whoever that person is, right? Including my wife. Like I literally, I applied this philosophy to every other human being on the planet other than me, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess including me. But if I had lived that person's life, been exposed to the same media, the same resources, the same mentors, the same influences, the same trauma, the same pain, 
if I had lived their life, I'd probably be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There's something that I say that's very along mm. the lines of that is everyone is doing their best according to what they know, what they've experienced, what they've lived through. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I've had a lot of arguments about this too, because people will get really upset about that. It's like, no, this, my ex didn't do their best and this person's not doing it, the, but they are, they're doing the best with what they know, what they have in their experiences. Like that's literally the best. That's, that's where they're at yeah. with what they know yeah. and what they've experienced. And again, like this is, what is happening? The division is happening because of the dehumanization. We're no longer seeing people as people. We're seeing them as red or blue, black yeah. or white. Left or right. You know, yeah. it's that's how we're seeing people. Or even like states, oh, California, Texas. Like we're just starting to see people as labels. Yeah. We're not seeing the human being behind the labels anymore. And that's where we need to get to in order to begin to heal as a collective. Yeah. Is that... Am I making up this term ideological warfare? Isn't that what we're in the midst of, right? Left versus right. And then Mm -hmm. you immediately, you find out, oh, wait, you're in that camp. And then all of a sudden you have this entire narrative of what people in that camp, what that represents, right? Right. Because everything is so black and white, right? There's no room for nuance. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. 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 Oh, wait, like I always say I'm apolitical, right? I think I said this on your podcast. I'm like choosing between... Republicans and Democrats is choosing between McDonald's and Burger King, mm-hmm. right? Neither are looking out for your best interests. Neither are really healthy, right? And if you're arguing that, no, 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 McDonald's is the one. They're the one that look at, it's like, dude, they're a corporation looking out for their bottom line, mm-hmm. as are the people in power, right? Yep. And so I forgot where the hell I was going with that. <laughs> I mean, it's I the polarization, somewhere. really. Right. And polarization has seeped into our culture as a whole. So we're seeing this on a political standpoint in our population, but it's now also seeping into marketing and the way Mm. that people position themselves and the way that people show up on like, like Facebook. Oh my God, I can't stand Facebook. It's like people go there to post super polarizing questions to stir people's emotions and create long engaging threads that are really just a bunch of people arguing petty shit from a reactive state. Like this is now seeping into our culture and how we operate. And it's not, I mean, it's not okay. This is not how we should be treating each other. Yeah. This is, it's the downfall of society if we don't change. And here's the thing. We can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. And if you're listening to this and you found, right, like no judgment, if you've been that person that was like triggered or was shaming somebody, right? I know for all of us, like I almost feel like we woke up from a nightmare, dream slash nightmare over the last couple of years. And I feel like we're now kind of, at least a lot of us are like, whoa, what what happened? Where were we? Yeah. And I even, I mean, I got caught up in it. Like, I mean, I think that not shaming people, but caught up in like, oh, you believe that? You're into that ideology, like, oh, you know, you're you you've been fooled, right? And it's like on both sides, but it's like if I was exposed to the same things they were, or vice versa, like if all you watch is CNN all day, you're gonna believe one thing. If all you watch is Fox News all day, you're gonna believe another thing. Both of you think you're right and the other one's wrong, but all you're believing is the, you know, the the narratives, the propaganda, et cetera, that's being handed down. Let's do this. I want to dive into potent leadership. The book, mm-hmm. Drop the Mask ignite the real you and reclaim the leader within. What I love about this book is how universal it is in how you approach leadership. And what I mean is this, I did a podcast, 
I don't know, probably a couple months ago, it was episode 266 for anybody that wants to listen to it. It was called The World Needs You to Lead. And I talked about, you know, that you might not identify as a leader, right? Maybe you're like, no, I'm not a leader. I'm a mom or I'm a dad or I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a salesperson. I'm a whatever, right? But I said, if you influence another human being, which every human being influences at least one other human being, unless you're a hermit living by yourself, you know, in the, in, in the, uh, the Amazon, uh, you're a leader right? You are leading through the way you show up for those that you love and those that you directly lead. I'm going to read the back of the book real quick, or at least the first half. You said, in today's online culture, it's easy to confuse influencers with leaders and chase the followers, the likes, and the superficial success. But while influencers paint a pretty picture, real leaders pave a path. Leadership isn't about what you do, nor is it about what you've accomplished. It's about who you be. What people really yearn for is someone who cuts through the bullshit and lives and operates authentically. They're looking for you, stripped of the facades, you, undiluted, leading with your true self, your potency. Define that. What is potency? What is potent leadership? Potency is the unique medicine that you have to offer the world and yourself. It's the totality of all that makes you you. If you're in business, you've probably heard the term unique selling proposition. Everyone wants you to find the one thing that makes you unique. But the truth is, is we all don't have one thing that makes us unique. It's the totality of everything that we are that makes us an individual. And so the your potency is that. That is your power. It's taking all of those things that make you who you be, your tonality, your expression, your beliefs, your values, like what you stand for, how you show up, all of that. That is your potency. Yeah. And including, would you say, your personality, your sense of humor, yes. your quirks, like all of it, right? All of it. Who all you be. It. Who you be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you see as the main issues in leadership today? Like the opposite of what's causing people to not access and and, and you know tap into that potency, that medicine that people need. Yeah. So I like to define it as the two paradigms of leadership. We have the old paradigm, which is slowly crumbling, yet people are still living in it. And that's like the typical, I'm going to paint a picture, the leader standing on a stage with a microphone speaking down to the people in the audience. And then the new paradigm of leadership is the leader standing in the middle of the room, no stage, doesn't mm. need a microphone, doesn't need to be higher up than everyone else, and is talking with the audience. That is the difference. And I like to describe it in that way because it provides a real feeling, mm. right? Leaders are leading communities. Leaders are, are paving the way for other human beings. And so to try and take yourself and put yourself on a pedestal, that is positioning yourself as better than versus equal to. Got it. So one of my friends, do you know who John Berghoff is by chance? No. So John's one of my best friends, and he started a company called Exchange, and they do this work, Appreciative Inquiry. But the, it's based on... So they go into like Google and Facebook and all these companies, and it's based on... It's this holistic approach, hearing the voice of every person in the room and giving it equal value versus just the cool. CEO or just the executive board. It made me think of that when you talked about that leader in the middle of the room, right? Not like, I've got all the answers. You need to follow me versus, mm -hmm. hey, we're in this together. Right. It's almost like a leader, a real leader is more of a facilitator, right? Facilitating mm -hmm. interaction and engagement amongst people, bringing equality, et cetera. What are some of the other qualities of a potent leader that you would empathy or love or like what, what are some of the qualities that you would attribute? Leading with heart versus mm -hmm. ego. That is huge. Leaving with 
a devotion to service to others versus service to self. I call it self-conscious leadership versus conscious leadership. If you're leading consciously, you're leading with a heightened awareness of yourself and those around you. But self-conscious leadership is really leading for your own self-conscious desires for the notoriety. Potent leaders are also unafraid to show up in their truth. They're humble enough to admit when they're wrong or when they don't know something. And yeah, they're not afraid to position themselves as the same as everyone else. Yeah. I want to dive into one of the things you just said, which is the element of service. I'd love for us to spend some time on that. And and I want to help people listening to really try to find this place inside of them. And here's what I mean. A place like of servant leadership, right? I think that for you, potent leadership is servant leadership. At least that's a huge component. And I think that it's... Like I have some friends that have debated me on this, right? And saying like, because let me back up. When In 2004, I read a book, Love is the Killer App by Tim Sanders. And he mm-hmm. talked about... I don't know if this is how he worded it, but what I took away from that is selflessly adding value to the lives of other people. That became my purpose in life that I wrote in my affirmations. And every day I affirmed it and asked myself, how can I selflessly add value today to those I love and those I lead? And I don't remember if at first it was authentic, meaning not the desire was authentic, but I don't know, like, you know, the whole fake it till you make it. Like I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, you know, I was like, dude, I'm selfish. I, I have a lot of selfish desires. But like, I don't want to be selfish. Like, I actually want to be someone who serves others. So meaning, I'm, I'm trying to remember how when it started, if it was like, I want this, I don't know if I'm feeling it. It feels like weird. And I, like, I just want my own selfish stuff. So I'm just putting that out there in case someone's listening. And they're like, yeah, I'd love to get there. Like, I'd love to be a servant leader. But I really want to achieve my goals and make lots of money and all of these things. And Here's the distinction that I want to make and that I want us to converse on it and hear your thoughts. I believe that you can be selfishly selfless. And what I mean is, it goes back to, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, you can have everything that you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And so another one of my mentors, he said that, you know, there's two ways to get what you want. You can take it or you can give so much that people give it to you, right? Or that you like attract it into your life. And so the point is, you can have your cake and eat it too. Meaning, if someone's like, "Well, I can't, I can't be a servant leader because I've got bills to pay, and I've got, like I need, and I want to be successful, and I want to be the star, and I want to do all these things," what I've found is that when you can and do it in writing, get to a place where you go, you know what? I'm going to commit to selflessly adding value to the life of every person I possibly can. That's going to be my mo, right? My mission objective. But you can do it knowing that. The more you do that and the more you can live in alignment with that, the more people are going to see you as, oh, wow, Ruby is someone that like genuine, like at first I, I didn't buy it, but I've been following her now for like a year. Like she legitimately is looking to serve and add value at every turn. And I'm so attracted to that. I love, I want to hire her. I want to coach with her. I want to buy her book. I want, you know what I mean? And so that's what like I've found through experience that like I leaned into that and people I'll give you one example I committed to do this the year I committed I'm like I need to live this in my actions not just in my philosophy so that year it was 2005 
I was a salesperson for Cutco in my last year. And I was like, I'm going to lead a group of Cutco sale of my peers. Every week, I'm going to lead a call that I get nothing out of. I'm not getting paid for it. I'm going to do a really good job. I'm going to plan content. I'm going to hold people accountable, everything, every year. And I'm going to, because I've got this big goal. And I believe that if I lead, I can help other people reach higher heights than they would without my support. And so I led this group all year long with no expectation, never asked for anything. And I genuinely didn't have anything I was trying to get out of it. I was just selfishly, I was using it to live my new value of, of leadership, right? But here's the cool thing. My book came out, my first book, Taking Life Head On, like uh, six months after that, the year ended. And that year, more people in that group hit our highest milestone than ever before in the company, right? And I reached out. I was really nervous, but I reached out to a corporate contact I have at Cutco. And I'm like, Hey, John, I've got a book coming out. And I was wondering if maybe like I could make them available for sale at the national conference this year. Like I could just set up a booth in the back, like no pressure. He's like, Hal, are you kidding me? You've given more to this company this last year than any sales rep I've ever seen. We're going to have you fly you in, hire you to speak at the conference. And we're going to buy 500 copies of your book for every person in that room. And I was like, oh my God, like I never expected that. Right. And it's just, it's about playing the long game, right? That's part of it is like, if you always are looking to add value and do it from a place of sincerity and authenticity. So like, as I'm reading potent leadership, I'm reading your book. Like I'm, that's what I'm getting from who you are. Like you really are a servant leader. So I would love, I know I just said a lot. I would love to hear your thoughts uh, or stories or experiences or anything on on that aspect of like really being a servant leader. Yeah. So I love this topic. And the way that I look at it is actually a little more nuanced. So let's backtrack. I was raised Sikh. And in the Sikh religion, uh, selfless service is our backbone. We call mm. it seva. You might have heard the term seva before. That is what we do. And so when we go to the temple, we also perform seva in the temple. So if anyone listening or Hal, if you've ever gone to a Sikh temple, you'll notice that there's always a kitchen and there's always food at all times of the day. The doors are always open. We never lock anything. Mm. We welcome people of all colors, of all races, of all nationalities, of all religions, and we will feed you if you come into our kitchen, which means that the people who attend the temple must also then donate their time, energy, resources to cook the food. So I grew up going to the temple. I grew up going and helping in the kitchen with these giant, huge pots on the stove and making big pots of like dal and like Indian food and doing all the dishes. And so I grew up as that being part of my backbone, the idea of selfless service and of giving back. So moving forward in my life, volunteering became a big part of my life. I was always volunteering somewhere, giving back my time, energy, and resources. Now, where things get tricky, I think, is this idea of servant leadership because, and I'm going to say this, not everyone is in a place emotionally, mentally, physically to be able to do that. I believe that when someone has their basic needs met, yes. okay, like yeah. the they, they got a roof over their head, food, water, they feel secure, they have some idea of a community, whether it's like family, friends, or maybe the vol- places they volunteer provides the community, it becomes easier to give back. But when you are struggling, it is difficult. Yeah. And so I feel that, especially in the personal development space, like there's a lot of talk about this, but it's 
really important to also then understand this is another nuance is that human beings are built with ego for a reason. Now, what when ego gets unhealthy is when we're operating from the majority of our life through our ego. But ego is your sense of identity. It's a sense of self. It's a sense of I. And you are important. So if you are not filling your own cup, it's going to be really hard to give back. If you are not doing the miracle morning every morning, nice little plug. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a given. Yeah. yeah you continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not going to be, you're not going to feel like your cup is full. Sure. And then there's this other like nuance of people who have experienced, let's say, trauma around being abandoned. Uh, that is my biggest core wound is, mm. is the trauma of being abandoned or feeling unheard. They can often fall into the category of like being the martyr where they like give everything and then they forget about themselves. And that's also not servant leadership, right? Servant leadership to me is really just heart-led leadership. When I lead, when I serve... I serve from my heart. But if my heart is not feeling full, then I will acknowledge that and pull away and know that I'm not in a position to serve at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. There are also experiences, again, the nuance. There are also times when your heart isn't full, but serving is what fills your heart, Uh right? And so you go and serve and you fill your heart. And that's kind of like the selfish piece. It's like, I'm serving, but it also makes me feel good. But I'm also serving this person. Like, what a cool dynamic. So I think that there's all these different nuances involved with service. But what I strongly believe in is serving from heart versus ego. And quite often in this day and age with social media being a thing and everything being seen and tracked and and shown and recorded, service has become this weird way of proving yourself to the world. Like, oh, look, I just gave my sandwich to this homeless person. Yeah. And I'm going to record myself doing a selfie. (laughs) Yeah. Take a selfie of it. Yeah. Right. Like, did it really happen if you didn't capture it and show it? Right. And so that's something that people can ask themselves is, is, can you serve without even people knowing that you serve so selflessly? Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting nuance I have. Because for me, I don't want to put it out there. To me, it's almost embarrassing to be like, hey, look at I gave all this money. I did this or that. But I've had a friend of mine, Brianna Greenspan. She's one of my co-authors. She uh, is on our team. And she said, she's like, Hal, you should tell people... Like you need to be more forward facing about what you're doing. A, because she's like the Miracle Morning community and all the, you know, the books that they bought and all of that, like they're really contributing. So you should let them know that. And she goes, and then B, it sets an example for whether it's other leaders or whatever, like, oh wow, you know, this person's giving, maybe I should give, right? It's just the whole how you live your life mm-hmm. gives others permission. So then I wonder, is it my ego in like an upside down, weird opposite way where I don't want to be seen like I'm gloating, but I'm actually robbing people of being inspired to give. So like, uh, any thoughts on that? It's a a conundrum. Yeah, it's a conundrum. (laughs) And I felt that too. Um, Mostly because of the ways it's being done online now, right? Mm. Like there are people who do this and you almost have like this visceral reaction when you see it, read it. And you're just like, Ooh, like this is totally coming from this weird egoic place. And there are others who do it. And you're like, wow, this is coming from heart. Like, for example, there was an organization when I was living in LA that I was very deeply entrenched in, and it's called Spy. And it's basically an organization that supports homeless youth. And I would go there once a week in person and volunteer at their location. 
And we would hand out free clothes and and give them job opportunities, help them build resumes, things like that. I would never go and like do these selfie videos and, uh, you know, because you got to keep things sacred and you got to respect the privacy of other people. But I will, I would go and do a story and say, like, just heading to spy, check out this organization. They're doing great work. Um, There's a difference, right? If you're doing it, if you're showing it to pump yourself up, that's different than showing it to inspire others. And I think for you, there is actually a really big opportunity. It's why transparency in the NGO space is really important. I used to work for charity foundations, so I was really big in that space. And transparency is really important. Showing people where money goes, even just having like a website dedicated to like, here's where we've donated. Like, that's something I invite you to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, it's it's it, it nuances, like you said. There, right? Nothing yeah. is black and white, everybody. Nothing. Nuances. So nothing is red or blue. Nothing is. Uh, black yeah, or nothing white. is red or blue either. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, right? Like I saying that I was apolitical. I'm like I have many liberal values and many conservative values. I right? like it's not one or the other. Interesting. So one question I have for you is, you know, I think right now the word influencers, it's a very popular topic, right? And people are aspiring to be an influencer. I've even identified as an influencer, had someone call me that at various points. I'm sure you have too, right? What's the difference between influencers and leaders? Yeah. So it's the quote that you read, which is influencers paint a pretty picture Mm. and leaders pave the way. That's the Mm. best way I can explain it. But I'll dive deeper into that. Like every leader is an influencer. Every human being has influence on something, on someone. Every leader is an influencer, but not every influencer is a leader. Yeah. Right. So a lot of like how you would traditionally define an influencer is someone who is going online and making money through their online presence. So they're promoting a lot of product. Like this is literally how they make money. Yeah. Whereas like leaders who like I've accumulated a big community around my work, but I look at them as my community and not my audience. And that's also a, mm. a difference, right? But I understand the responsibility that I also have in having a platform like this. So I do spend a lot of time and thought into ensuring that everything I do is coming from a place of my values, because this is why people have chosen to hit the follow button. Whereas influencers are really just doing their own thing to make pay their bills, get clout, um, gain notoriety, all the things. And I think the two get enmeshed, especially in the personal development space, because of the way that people are fighting to be seen, right? AKA prove their work, AKA feel visible due to maybe some traumas around visibility. Like there's a lot of reasons that we do this. I've done it too. And that was the first half of my career is being really big, being seen on all the things, doing all the things, doing daily videos. Like it just, it was insane. There was one point in time when I was recording two, recording and releasing two podcast episodes a week. <laughs> Insanity. Yeah. And, and then I pulled it back and I got clear on, well, why? Like, why am I doing this? Am I really doing this for the notoriety? Am I really... Like, that's my inner child saying, hey, I want some attention because I didn't get enough attention. So now I operate from a place of intention. And I think with influencers, they don't put much intention into what they're doing. Mm. But yeah, it's it's really like the picture versus paving the way for others. Yeah. And it's I feel like that speaks to like it's quantity over quality, right? Like how many followers can I get? How many clicks? How many likes? Right. Not what's the depth of the impact that I'm making? Mm-hmm. What's the depth of the impact that I'm making? What is your 
as the author of a book on leadership, what's your vision for leadership? Yeah. Well, first, funny story. I started writing the book in 2020. I started working with my book coach. And he really was just like my my cheerleader on, okay, write every day, write every day. Yeah. I started writing. It's like February 2020. And I'm I'm pumping out pages, you know, like just in the flow. And then it's like the second week of March. And holy shit, what is going on in the world? Yeah. And I'll tell you, my entire inner paradigm collapsed and I had to take a break from writing because mm-hmm. I needed to get back in touch with my beliefs, which were slowly crumbling in front of me. And I was left with dust to pick up the pieces and figure out what do I believe? Yeah. So writing a book on leadership in the year 2020 in itself was a feat. Let me tell you. Mm, (laughs) That's a huge accomplishment. Doing anything in 2020 was a feat. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Doing anything. But my vision for leadership is one that is really based on building and harnessing community on bringing humanity back into Mm. our population and our collective. It's one that's based on seeing each other, hearing each other, acknowledging each other, seeking to understand one another versus being the one trick pony who knows all the answers to all the questions. You know, it's one that's based on servitude, on love, on humility. It's being human, truly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seeing the best in others, bringing out the best in others, the best in yourself. So leadership is, it's its a really loaded word, right? Like, you know, you could write a, a book on leadership that's for CEOs specifically, like how to lead an organization, right? Who is potent leadership? Who's your book for? It's for anyone that sees themselves as a leader mm-hmm. and for those who are seeking to feel more Lead internal leadership for their own lives. I've worked with people in corporate and I've worked with entrepreneurial. I will say mostly, most of my clients are entrepreneurial leaders, but I've worked a lot with some corporate leaders as well because they're seeking to, to change the paradigm in the corporate space too. But there are also, you know, the, the moms who, the stay at home moms who lose their identity when they have children. And they want to feel that sense of like a self-led operating system again. Yeah. And, and so that's who the book is for. I read the first review that popped up on, on Amazon when I looked at your book is something for everyone. Literally, it's so funny. You said <laughs> for anyone that wants you know, sees themselves as a leader. But the, here's what I like. The person wrote, if you are on a spiritual journey or running a business or looking for a new perspective on how you are moving about in this world, this is the book for you. Thanks for the lessons and wisdom. Get your copy ASAP. And I really second that. That's what I mentioned is I in the beginning, I love how universal the book is. Because to me, that's what leadership is about. It's not a role. It's who you be. It's who you choose to be, how you choose to show up. And how you choose to show up, right? You are a leader for everyone you love, everyone you lead, everyone you impact, everyone you contact, everyone you touch. I mean, right? And that's what I like about this book. And to me, it really was a book on getting in touch with your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in touch with your who you truly are, you, the, you, right, that's your unique selling proposition is who you are, as you said. Then you, I feel like you really help people muster up the courage, which you've exemplified with how you've shown up these last few years as a potent leader. But really, you help people. I mean, and that's your process, right? It's I don't have it in front of me. It's You tell me the four steps. It's awareness, acceptance, ownership, and then shift, right? The four steps 
to freedom or the four steps to potent leadership. So where can people grab the book? Where's the best spot? It's available on Amazon and Audible. You can also just head to potentleadership.com and all the links are there. All right. Yeah. And I recommend Audible if you're an Audible person because uh, you get to hear Ruby's voice the whole time and her authenticity and, and your potent leadership comes through that. But I also have a hardcover copy because I like to underline and circle, which I've been doing and I'm holding my hands right now and then go back to it and be able to revisit it. So Ruby, any final thoughts, closing words, closing message for everybody listening right now? Mm. Yeah, in a world that makes it feel like it's tough to own your voice, to own who you be, have the courage to understand who you be, have the courage to show up in all of your being, let go of the doing and focus on who you're being. Beautiful. Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, the book is Potent Leadership, Drop the Mask, Ignite the Real You and Reclaim the Leader Within. Grab it on Amazon, Audible, or at potentleadership.com and follow Ruby Fremont at uh, I am Ruby on Instagram. Ruby, I love you. I can't wait till the next time I get to see you and Kevin. We got to have a dinner. We've been talking about that for far too long. And uh, for years. For years. <laughs> or at Sun Life Organics. We're going to see. It's funny. We've seen each other at Sun Life. We run each other. Like there's something, there's some sort of like we're magnetized to each other. We see each other at the yeah. farmer's market. Yep. Like, we just run into each other. So there is definitely a reason for that. So definitely. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on this podcast. I feel so much love. Like my heart fills anytime I'm in your presence. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Like it really, you're such a genuine human being. And I just want you to know that the human in me really honors the human in you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. That was the highlight of the podcast for me. I don't know about everybody else, but selfishly, that was the highlight of the podcast for me. So <laughs> I appreciate that so much. And I love you too. And Goal Achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, friends, family, I love you so much. And I will talk to y'all next week. Go get Ruby's book, Potent Leadership. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.